You're listening to Only Here for the Wi-Fi. What's good, everybody? Episode 96 with Lara Wahbe. Yeah, man. You know, if you into uh, powerlifting, if you into custom design clothing and or vintage clothing, tattoos and just, you know, overall cool shit, then guess what? You tuned and tapped into the right podcast. Salam, salam. How's everybody doing? What up, princess? What's good? Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Today is going to be, you know, it's going to be cool. So listen, let me tell you about how things work, right? Lara is coming in in a few minutes. She just joined. Awesome. And, uh, you know, what I would like for you, though, is to submit some questions and or comments for either of us to address because we're going to do a Q&A later on, uh, you know, down in uh, down the down the line. All right. So um, without further ado, I am going to invite homie up. All right. Let's see here. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey. <laughs> What's up? Hi, Alan. Hey, what up, Lara? How you doing? How you? I'm so glad I'm that you could take the time to do this, man. Long time, man. For sure. For sure. And uh, yo, listen, I got to give you props. I seen like, you know, um, a, a, a little while back, you know, you launched a brand. Congratulations. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, Lesmerelda Vintage, you know, you're finding such uh, really cool threads and and still managing to, you know, not exploit the people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been like a huge surge in these thrift shops lately. So you you uh, you hop on the trend and it, it works. It's nice. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, listen, you know, yeah, okay, we're not like reinventing the wheel, so to speak. But at the same time, your like particular picks, what you managed to dig is kind of hot. It's kind of sweet, you know, like uh, I think you uh, you definitely have an eye. You you like um, what they call the fashion police. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I try to, I really try to dig in and find some cool stuff and creating content for that was actually my favorite part. Yeah, so, for uh, sure. Yeah. You're getting to put, you know, your, your graphic design uh, and, you know, your, your whole like, you know, that whole background uh, to task yeah. as well. But that was um, fun. Yeah, for sure. So hold on a second. Let's rewind for like, you know, for those listeners who don't really know, you know, what you're about and everything. Like, why don't you give us a little rundown as to, you know, how you came to be in this world and also what a typical day is for you these days? Okay, so um, basically I studied uh, graphic design. And then uh, turn of events is uh, wherever we are in Lebanon and, and uh, whatever we were forced to face in this country really shaped you as a person and really, um, you know, uh, cornered you into uh, changing or creating new things. So that's part of the thrift shop. Um, being the trend and also the you know, kind of fun and easy way to make money since the whole situation right here is, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, you know, um, listen, you know, I, I mean, I came back home to Canada to, to be here with my moms. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, she was doing an operation and low key got a, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I keep pushing my ticket back to Beirut. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are it's, you coming back though? Huh? Are you coming back? I am. I have a ticket for uh, the end of May slash begin, beginning of June. But the thing is, she's like uh, <laughs> considering doing her other knee. So like, oh. you know, I got to come back. Look, no doubt I need to come back and sort out my life in Lebanon. 
and yeah. uh, and we can talk about that off the air. But uh, until then, you know what I mean? Like, we're just going to keep things going. So, yeah, I mean, lots to unpack here. You know, you, you're mm-hmm. super interesting, you know, uh, like modeling, uh, you know, bartending slash, you know, being a, a mixologist, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and also a stupid ass strong person like i mean the the amount of weight you you able to bench slash uh uh like not deadlift and and what i don't even squat squatting wow mabruk on your (laughs) progress on that how does it feel to be able to basically uh you know squat uh, me plus 10 kilos (laughs) feels amazing i'm not gonna lie it feels amazing uh, I'm really lucky to be surrounded by the right people, that's for sure. Right. Um, and especially in this community that is growing right now like crazy in Lebanon. So you find yourself fitting in, you find yourself being challenged, um, especially when you're in the right place and you have the right guidance. And so it's, it's kind of, uh, it makes it a little less difficult to go off track. Mm. Um, and again, back to the whole situation here where, uh, for, you know, for each individual personally, yeah. So for each individual personally, it's like you sort yourself out and the whole, um, the whole issue for the past year was, uh, was, am I going to be able to train? How am I going to be able to train? And, you know, like adapting with the lockdown and it's all just about being able to train. And that's all uh, your focus. Yeah. And uh, shout out to the, the Barbell House for undergoing yeah. such a quick... I remember actually, you know, like immediately after the blast, you know, yeah. you were so like quick to, you know, get down on the ground and helping out with uh, barbell house and, and a lot of the of course, other establishments yeah. in the area, you know, that was something that you just like, you know, you just, the call of duty came up and you were like, of I'm course. there, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, it's a, a, an incredible tragedy. obviously what happened, but even more so, um, you know, I mean, I remember seeing clips of there being like, um, you know, injuries and, and blood on the, on the floor in the gym, you know, Absolutely. it was so close to the impact zone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They, they, they watched the smoke, uh, right from outside barbell house. You can see the port, you can see the smoke, and uh, honestly, despite it being a horrible tragedy, but uh, it was a miracle uh, that everyone survived, minus one member who was a lawyer that passed away two months after the explosion, after being in a coma. So um, that's that. Other, other than that, we rebuilt. We really rebuilt stronger, and, and, and we, we got this sense of community. And you know how... Uh, after this tragedy, you know who you run to and that makes, you know, that shows you a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, um, you know, there are certainly no shortage of dudes in Lebanon being, you know, mad, like Mount Olympus, whatever, Mount, what do you, Mr. Mr. Lebanon slash, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm pulling a blank right now, but like, you know, it's not new that dudes be doing lots of exercise and workouts, but to see yeah. women, especially in Lebanon, pushing the envelope on that front is, uh, mm-hmm. is something special. So like, yeah. like, do you guys have a crew now of, of, of women, uh, just like, you know, pushing and encouraging one another to, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I first turned to Mireille Ajame, who is, uh, the Lebanese champion in, in her weight class in powerlifting. Uh, before I ever considered, I, I turned to her not for powerlifting. I just turned to her for guidance and fitness. And, uh, we tested out my numbers at the time and, and she coached me for a good, uh, a good year. Um, and you know, females started emerging from all over Lebanon and, and you see now there are, uh, more meets happening, more little local competitions happening. And then you see these women that you didn't know about and all from all over Lebanon, from Tripoli, from, 
you know, and women you uh, haven't heard of before, women who were not very present on social media, and that that's that's uh, amazing and, and surprising to to see, not surprising, but but it's heartwarming to see how. Uh, these women step in once they see other people doing it, just like I did. I saw someone doing it, and and I thought maybe I can do it too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you certainly can, and you certainly have <laughs> been. You know, um, I definitely recall peeping some of your um, social media stories of of you, not just in Lebanon, but you're also competing elsewhere as well. Um. I, there was there was a local meet uh, in Dubai that that uh, I wanted to go to, but um, things with COVID, things with the dollar situation, just didn't make it that much, uh, you know, worthwhile for the time being. Uh, right now, I'm just waiting for the Lebanese nationals. I think this is the um, this is the most important step to take in that in that path. Right. Well, damn. I'm sure. Hey, I mean, listen, I'm sure that when the cards is right and, and they stacked in the right way, then, uh, you know, your passion clearly, you know, you of which you have many, uh, will take you, you know, but, um, how do you like, what do you do to kind of tap into that part of yourself in order to be able to push yourself to the limit to, you know, keep on, you know, uh, going heavier and heavier? Uh, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it was quite uh, a journey and um, it, it was quite a while. I mean, it's, it's at least one year for me to, to be able to learn how to tap into that zone in your mind where you just, you black out and it's just you and this weight and you're still learning how to do that so because and especially being surrounded with the right people so um time after time you discover that there's a part of your mind that if you go into that part um you do things you didn't expect to do and learning how to go into that part is is you know is improving by tiny increments every time and it's really something that you need to learn on your own um yeah okay so it's like is this like uh that have you you've certainly heard of goggins before right no no i think it's david goggins he's one of these like um guests on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's also like a motivational kind of like, you know, get up, do crazy shit, push your body to limits, not just in terms of uh, physical, but also your mental, you know, it's like maybe, I don't know, 80% mental and 20% physical. You know what I mean? Um, But uh, I just, yeah, just kind of uh, quote unquote, uh, quelling your inner bitch. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Your inner, your inner demon, your, your inner, inner demon. demon. Yeah. That's, and that's, uh, uh, one of, uh, one of our, uh, friends at Barbell House, Ada, his name is, uh, before, uh, during the explosion where Barbell House was completely destroyed, we were attempting, uh, personal records. So I had my 120 kilo, uh, deadlift at the time. And what he said to me, before I went into that lift, he said, you need to go to the dark place. Mm. And that stuck with me, you know, you need to go to the dark place. Yeah. And just think of nothing but pulling that weight off the ground. So you're, yeah. Oh, so that's your dark place is just, I mean, cause I mean, I, if I go into my dark place, I'm going to be some crazy shit. You there. know what, the, what, 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 what I mean by the dark place or maybe what he meant, but with the, by the dark places, Removing all doubts and questions and, and you know, uh, calculations of can I or can I not. Mm. And what I was teaching myself, like those few seconds before the lift, it's like there are only two options. You either do it or you don't. Mm. And you need to remove all the fear and all the doubt because there's only one of two options. And you have to go in with the mindset that if I do it, then, then I know that fear did not stand in my way. That's that's the whole thing. And then once you 
go in with that mindset, you know, you gave it your all. Absolutely. And remind me again, how long it, like how, when did you begin this journey? And I mean, again, is it something you just kind of felt like, oh, I guess I'm sucked into this now. Uh, and, and because, you know, you train quite a lot, you know, um, versus your life before, what was it that like, what was there a particular experience or something that happened in your life that kind of flicked a switch and you were like, you know what, I think I'm going to start doing this now in so intensely. Um, Actually, what I owe to uh, my journey personally is is starting CrossFit. So CrossFit makes you strong as hell, apparently. And um, and uh, I had some pretty decent uh, weights um, in the squat, let's say 80, 85 kilos for someone who doesn't consistently uh, lift weights. Uh, so from there, I guess because CrossFit is such a multifaceted sport, it helps you, uh, you know, you either go into gymnastics, you either go into weightlifting after, or you just stay a CrossFitter. So from there, um, having this good base, having this like relatively strong base to start with, um, put me in touch with the right people, put me in touch with the, you know, I was I was being coached uh, by uh, Mireille, as I said, and um, there's this platform called uh, Uplift, um, that, uh, you know, puts you in touch with amazing coaches all over the world. And I was with them for about a year and a half or two years. So again, right people guide you to the right places. That's awesome. So yeah, no, there was no turning point. Like for me, for example, you know, like, uh, I got into martial arts and, um, you know, into some things cause I had like a, a bad experience that I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm not, not yeah. letting myself ever be, you know, um, manhandled or, or like, uh, challenged. I, I want to have something yeah. to be able to defend myself, you know, okay. and, and on some real shit, right? Like, I mean, you know, especially in, in the Arab world period, you know, and, and Madam Khail and whatnot, right? There are a lot of instances where men overpower women and you yeah. are certainly someone who would kind of <laughs> be a, a, an upset to that, you know, that thing, right? To the yeah. person who yeah. doesn't know. Yeah. Um, did that, was was there any, I mean, I don't want, I'm not trying to pry into here, but like, you know, I can only imagine like, I'm, I can only, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to dig in deep and see. It's like, is this some crazy shit that happened? Not not any crazy shit that happened. Uh, I do feel stronger. I do feel like, you know, um, try to take me, man, if you if you want. Right. But uh, fortunately, I haven't been in, in any of those situations. And I do feel like uh, defending yourself is a, is a skill. It's not just about strength because you know. Let's face it. If 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 I'm an, if I'm faced uh, with with a you know predator or whatever, it's going to be a male, and you know the strength part doesn't really play much part here. If uh, if you don't have the skills to defend yourself, and that is something that I did, um, that I thought of, you know, learning some martial arts or it's it's a skill right are you would you go the jiu-jitsu route or would you go the like mma period like striking boxing kickboxing kind of uh, you know it interests me the most not jiu-jitsu but uh but they i mean they all have their perks and pretty uh, sure right now you could choke Choke a motherfucker out with your legs, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, kickboxing, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Not like American kick, uh, American kickboxing. Well, uh, like, are we talking Muay Thai? Like, what are I we have talking no here? Idea. No idea. I have no idea. All I know is punches and kicks. Right. That's the good stuff. But, uh, you know, powerlifting is such a demanding sport that, you know, if I walk too much during the day, it's like, no, you need to conserve energy at all times. Interesting. So, uh, yeah. So you, you need to fit that in, um, fit that in your, your life and training in a way that doesn't interfere with your lifting. So cardio and like jogging and or walking is not like something that uh, is in the routine? 
Uh, it should be, of course. It should be. I mean, at the end of the day, you're a human being. You're not just a just a right. power lifter. So, uh, you know, being functional is 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 a is an important part of being fit or or you know being strong. It's not just about lifting the weights. It's about moving correctly, staying healthy, and all of that. And right now, I am on the path to you know finding that balance between um, health, if you want, and and strength. As well. mm. What so, about like supplementing and diet and food stuff? You know, I mean, I, I know that you and I have definitely gone on oh, yeah. a few like escapades, so to speak. You know, we, we definitely and I, I'm going to get into that later. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, um, in, in order to kind of help you along the way, have you found any supplementing being useful or necessary to what you do? Um. Personally, I have been, you know, diet starts Monday. I've been on that for a good 15 months. So, diet starts uh, on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. And it never does, Ellen. Yeah. It never does. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's just, it's a given that you, you eat right. I mean, that regardless of what sport you're doing, you eat right. And... Uh, Supplementing can be can be a you know valuable factor given you're doing all the right things. So for me, I don't really bother myself every time I want to go buy supplements. I'm like, but are you eating right first? Mm. You know, and then once you tick everything, uh, you eat right, you hydrate well, you sleep well, and then if you're missing anything from your life, and that's where you turn to supplements. Right, right. Okay, so what are we talking here? Are we talking like mulakhiye? Are we talking, <laughs> you know, like what are we talking about in terms of like, uh, especially now with on some real shit, right? Like uh, having a, a protein dense diet slash Lebanese economy slash food options. I mean, you see videos of people like fighting one another in supermarkets. Oh yeah. So like, what are we doing? Are we doing lentils? What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean. You know, this is this is a horrible thing to call an advantage, but but um, relatively now, restaurant prices have become more affordable. If you if you uh, you know on the dollar rate, right. so uh, you I've been eating out mostly all the time. I haven't been cooking. Um, I can't be bothered. Um, but and 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 that's where you try to make the. The better choices here but it's definitely more economical to make your own food at home and and yeah i mean we we kind of eat to 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 function well in your sport and that's the i mean unfortunately that's a that's a privilege to have now right you're not exactly someone who's like i'm eating boiled chicken breast and uh and you know no salt and broccoli and that's it like you're like oh we eating today oh we eating today (laughs) and and like you know (laughs) it's a it's a it's a how do you say it's a like it's a known thing about power lifters that they eat whatever the hell they want because at the end of the day it just serves you well for your lifts but if you want to look good I mean, you kind of have to do the whole, not boiled chicken. You can season that, you know, yeah. but you know, I'm just being more, obnoxious, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like, um, okay. Uh, like what was the most basic meal that you were like, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure out like a, a quote unquote, like power lifters meal here. Okay. What's a power lifter meal? Oh, a powerlifter meal is definitely like um, like a double patty burger uh, with okay. with like uh, some animal fries. I mean, that's a powerlifter meal. That, that that's something that's gonna fuel you. Well, it's not the best choice, <laughs> right? As well as like the search for the best gelato in Beirut, for example, mm, which which has yet to be found. By the way, yeah. Well, wait a minute. Did you did you continue that, or has that been tabled for the time I being? I never did. I mean, there are too many lockdowns. I couldn't keep track anymore, and, and right. I, 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 you know, I stopped. I was in that gelato, crazy gelato phase, and I'm not there anymore. You know, you maybe fell out of love with sugar. Have you fallen out of love with sugar? 
Never. Never? Never. How do you take your coffee? Oh, I love me a good double espresso. Yeah. That, that's my number one. Otherwise, like a just a regular cappuccino. I'm on the full fat squad now, though. Full fat in terms of milk? Yeah. yeah. You're not doing like oat, oat milk or something? Yeah. No, no, fucking I, uh, mad I, money, bro. Especially in Beirut right now, you'd be like, "Could I have uh, oat milk, something?" And they'd be like, "Oh, did you want to take a loan for that coffee, sir?" Oh yeah, absolutely. No, 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 absolutely. It's crazy. There's this place I will mention that that uh, is actually uh, charging seventy five thou for a coffee. It's a it's a matcha. Uh huh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a turmeric coconut turmeric coffee thing and it's 75 thou like for a cup of coffee right that's where we're at that's what you're missing alan a ten dollar coffee yeah exactly right <laughs> to put things yeah. probably a little bit less than that but like even still um well shout out to cortado for being your new stomping ground like it's uh, my office you cortado basically are office. an ambassador for this brand <laughs> It's my office. They should be paying you like, yeah, <laughs> it's your office. That's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. no, I mean, listen, you know, uh, shout out to all the cool ass um, shopping or like the, the cafes and the vibe maker. Honestly, these cafes, these bars, these places and like shout out to Orenda, for example, you know, for really kind of curating the vibe of the city. If it weren't for these businesses, I don't know what my experience of Beirut would be, honestly. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are you so like, for example, has the lockdown been lifted? Are you back to working, uh, or will you go back to working as a uh, a mixologist, bartender person? Like, um, Actually, I've I've kind of like uh, retired from that whole bartending thing, um, especially now that you know the whole situation. And yes, it it I mean, uh, the lockdown has been lifted. There's a curfew at nine thirty, if I'm not mistaken. Right, cause Corona so has a bedtime. Yeah, restaurants <laughs> and bars are. <laughs> corona has exactly. a bedtime. They're like, oh, it's nine o'clock. <laughs> I'm going to bed. But anyway. No, they, it, it, you mean Corona wakes up at 9.30 because there is isn't there is none before. Right. Yeah, because people are allowed to go out and then suddenly at 9.30, you know, the Corona comes out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm glad bars and restaurants are back. They're functional. Uh, and we're just waiting. I know that Canada's on lockdown right now. Yeah. Yeah. Canada is on lockdown, Ottawa, Ontario, uh, Ontario as a whole, Toronto, but, 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 you know, um, yeah. Quebec, um, unlike, you know, in the States and like Florida where like you see videos and, and, and stories on Instagram of people just yeah. partying like it ain't no thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, granted, of course, now the vaccine is, uh, is out. But okay. um, interesting. So, um, you know, would you say that Lesmeralda Vintage is like uh, growing and you're getting orders and it's maybe like a side hustle that was turning into a main hustle? Um, well, unfortunately, uh, yeah. That, I mean, that's the potential and it does have potential to grow and, and you know, kind of... Uh, be this uh, main hustle, if you like, but uh, I haven't been paying much attention to it. I mean, I, I'm now releasing just once a month because I'm not getting to it, and I do feel very guilty about that. Hmm. Uh, do you yeah. think that, like, maybe perhaps if it were um, something that you source locally and like, you know, it's in, in a way like, you know, cruising through Burj Hamoud, you know, you can find some real great treasures uh, yeah. and other places. Um, but maybe perhaps the Egyptian slash Jordanian slash UAE market being like the connect shipping, you know, like shipping out of Lebanon. 
it is locally sourced. I mean, originally it's not, but you do find these wholesalers that 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 you know, and, and directly it is locally sourced. Uh, they are affordable. That's why I sell them for affordable prices. Um, but at the end of the day, if you if you do your calculations, it's it's peanuts, and that is the you know what's not really driving me into, into working uh, harder on the page. Right. Well, here's my maybe olive branch, so to speak, or yeah. like an, it, it makes sense entirely that you are not, you know, following this trend of, of like exploiting people or like just not, not this it's not, you're not tone deaf. That's the thing. There are a lot of brands yeah. that are just completely tone deaf as to what Absolutely. the fucking situation is yeah. in Beirut. Yeah. However, you know, if you are someone that has, and you are, uh, someone that has a, a very cool collection, then, you know, online shopping is a thing. And perhaps folks in, in, uh, I would say Jordan slash UAE primarily. And you, you've got somewhat of a connection to the UAE anyways, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Photographers, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, my, all my siblings are, are there. Right. So, you know, like in a way you have an arm to that market, so to speak. Absolutely, yeah. You know, um, in in this uh, in this respect, um, whatever I am um, getting or or sourcing from here is not worth um, shipping internationally. And if I were to delve into that, uh, I would then have to import myself, and that would uh, and that would be the case where you have to you know do the whole dollar thing. Right, the whole dollar thing. The whole dollar thing in what I, I, if you were to import the stuff, yeah, but I don't understand why you can't just export and like uh, do like courier, like, um, you know, like DHL someone something. Of course, it's yeah. included in the cost, but like, I don't know. Absolutely. But uh, what I meant to say is that the things I'm getting from Lebanon are not worth exporting. So they're just these like, clothes that you uh you know you wouldn't want to ship internationally they're not these like real vintage brands they're they're affordable clothes that uh you know anyone here could get would would like to get but okay. uh, unless i unless i find a few like unique pieces that are worth you just got to bedazzle uh, them go you just got to put some bedazzle <laughs> on that you know you a couple of custom stitches you know sign it with your name i don't know put them on That's train a there's idea. a whole new market by the way japan for example <laughs> like i'm this is gonna be kind of weird but hey whatever because there are there are people in, in japan and uh and 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 whatnot who pay top dollar for women's undergarments that are have been oh, yeah. used right oh yeah yeah right so like i <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Hey, maybe a little suggestion. You're kind of a beautiful maybe, person. Yeah, maybe, and maybe. Uh, you could just be fucking like, blah, 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 you know, just, <laughs> oh, shit, what happened? Damn it. Oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's crazy, man. You hear about all these things, uh, all these hustles that people are doing in the times of the pandemic, people pushing the boundaries of what makes them, you know, what what's yeah, feasible you know supply, man. exactly supply. so you somebody who is not a stranger to being inked do you have uh -huh. a particular uh tattoo artist and or studio that you fuck with like give us a rundown of some of your inks okay so uh my main tattoo artist is deep ink tattoo his name is muhammad harib he just opened his studio in uh, Nigeria, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, which is an awesome move. He's doing really well. I can't wait for him to be back. And I am planning on getting, you know, some new ink. Okay. So, yeah, he's my go-to. But what? What? You're gonna wait to, for him to come back from Nigeria? I think so. I mean, I mean, I just got used to him, and he knows my style. He's he's. Uh, He's good at what he does, and he's he's the you know, some artists do surrealism, some artists you know have the everyone has their own style, and he's exactly my style. 
Okay. So, yeah. Do you, as a, a designer, d- is he doing the designs for you? You tell him? I or? usually find the designs. I mean, I know that's not the coolest thing, but I usually find the designs and then, you know, on Pinterest or whatever, and then I do them myself. Uh, but uh, the the coolest way to get a tattoo done is to have someone draw it for you. Right. Scratch. Absolutely. And, you know, in that way. But at the same time, you are the client and it's going to be on your body. So, you know, yeah. hey, maybe draw something and uh, we'll we'll take it from there. Until then, yeah. hey, maybe fucking draw this. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, okay. So, yeah. So, Deep Ink. How did you, like, you know... Tell us about your first ever tattoo experience. Like, I mean, it's wow. kind of low key scary, right? You're like, oh shit, this is permanent. I don't know. Like, you know, I, I was 15 years old when that happened, and I wasn't thinking about oh, it's permanent. All all I was thinking about is this is the really cool badass thing that I'm doing, and I can't wait to show my friends. So I lived in, I grew up in Abu Dhabi, so I got it done um, at 15 years old in the summer in Lebanon. And, uh, you know, you, you couldn't get tattoos in Abu Dhabi at the time. So uh, I went back and it was like, I don't know, it was like getting a gun to school, you know, like everybody wanted to see. <laughs> we went behind like the walls and like oh my god show me did you hear lara got a tattoo so that was that was it and and uh and uh you know along the years like i got a few little ones here and there and then i discovered that i love this and what i discovered personally is my motto for tattoos is go big or go home and I hate these little, you know, soft and sweet love. and I know. Love or, or blessed. Blessed. Who's that from? That's a who from Purchasing? Does it has that? Simona Tanus from Purchasing. From Purchasing. Blessed. <laughs> yeah. She's probably got it in Arabic, though. It's just like salam, you know? Like, <laughs> or like. Uh, <laughs> One month is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so, but what was it? You, what did you get tattooed? Uh, I had a rose on, on my waist, you know, somewhere it didn't show. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere it didn't show. And then you were like, you know what? Uh, go big or go home. Yeah. How do you feel about face tattoos? Um, I actually considered it. <laughs> really yeah i'm not i'm not totally against that i mean i wanted to get one on my like a big one on my neck neck's here. not face neck is okay still this is like in america right neck is like light work you know until yeah. you're tattooing your eyeballs or you know <laughs> yeah face. yeah until you're tattooing on the inside of your lips you know what i mean <laughs> then uh, uh maybe you know, go somewhere else, bro. You're not pushing yeah, the en- yeah. envelope. But yeah. what did you, what were you thinking of doing to your f- your face, though? What's your face? <laughs> I wanted to get a little heart here. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I was advised not to, not because it's a face tattoo, but because with time, this sags and you get the wrinkles here and it would look horrible aging <laughs> yeah and also low-key hey reason. maybe looks like you part of a gang and you killed yeah. someone right like when you put Absolutely. like right, well, yeah we don't know that and i mean but at the same time how much do we really know you really right yeah because no. <laughs> it's all a front like vintage clothing powerlifting, but in the back and you know you know you know yeah definitely I'm sleeping guys just fucking shh, go to sleep. I'd buy it. I you know what? Netflix should give you a call and uh and uh they should start the series right now. You would definitely the be truth behind me. Yeah. Esmeralda. 3D. 
<laughs> so like, how did you, I mean, you know, I, I don't imagine it being very hard for someone with a photo camera for a photographer, I guess that's what they call them, photo camera photographer, right? Um, you know, I guess it wouldn't be too hard for them to put it together, um, you know, to make them your subject. But like, how did you, like, how did you get into the, the modeling thing? Is it, it, it runs in the family? Like, tell me about that. The modeling thing, I don't really remember how it started, though, but um, I got uh, these calls from people. Uh, it was a busy summer, that summer 2019, um, where people did these projects or these videos and they needed someone to model their jewelry or their pieces or whatever. And I was getting calls and one thing led to another. I mean, one photo led to another call and everything, but they were all unpaid. So it wasn't very professional, but it was so much fun. It was yeah. really fun. Yeah. Well, you know, in a, in a lot of ways, because your boy been modeling before, you know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, uh, when I was quite young, um, when I was quite young, my mom took me in for some, they, like I was at the supermarket with my mom and some person, some like talent scout person was like, Oh my God, I love your son. Can we take it? And so she was like, all right, well, how much are we talking? You know what I mean? She was hustling right away. Yeah. And, uh, so I went to do this thing very, very young. And I looked at the clothes and I said, these are ugly. I don't want to do this. And I left. <laughs> And oh my god so that was my yeah it was like the clothes were ugly so i didn't want to they were too like too nerdy or something i was just like no oh, you missed out on a huge career hundred <laughs> percent i don't know where i was i was too at that age i was too into hockey into punk rock into like whatever you know what i mean like i was just like what i'm like you want me to pose like you ugh. were too cool for them a hundred percent too cool too cool and you know yeah. what probably made the better better move maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe probably not <laughs> but um you know i don't know with with like being in the band and stuff like that and becoming a brand ambassador for you know like converse and or like ray-ban you know it, okay. it was really weird at first you know having to model and then you kind of get into it. You get used to, like, as a musician or as an artist, um, having your photo taken and, and, and kind of... Well, there's some people who have fun with it and some people who make it fucking awkward. Do you... Is it something that you're like, okay, oh, okay, I'm taking photos now. And you're like, you're liking it? Or is this like, all right, man, let's get on with this. It, it, uh, it, it really depends on the shoot. It depends on the person, on the photographer. And it depends on the theme of the shoot. Like sometimes you, you have to make these like awkward poses and, you know, and, and stay in, uh, stay still for a while. And it, it becomes <laughs> uncomfortable, especially where the, where the shoot doesn't allow you to be yourself. You know, you just, you're literally a model. So they have to like, you know, model you the way that they want. Right. You're not. I, Ada, I wanted, Ada, the one I mentioned, the dark place guy, he just joined and he's saying, Hey, Hi. what's up? Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Uh, listen, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we 40 minutes into this interview, and this is your opportunity right now to submit a question uh, in the question bubble section. Okay. Not in the comments, in the question <laughs> bubble, so that we can enter a QA with Lara. So by all means, you know, hit us up. Um, you know, I, I tend to do a, a very silly little bit, a segment with everybody that I, uh, in, that I interview. Um, so until the, the Q and a thing goes through and yell like guys send the questions, we're going to do a rate top, your top to three type of thing. Okay. Actually, okay. you know what? No, fuck that. Before we go into that, I'm going to ask you a thing. So ordering at a Lebanese restaurant is somewhat of an art. Okay. okay. You know, like, you know, the, the waiter comes through, he's got the pad and he's waiting for you to make the order for the table. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. here it is. I'm the, the waiter. Tfadli, madame. What would you like to have tonight? Uh, bonjour. Yeah. I don't know what you want. What restaurant am I in? Your favorite restaurant that does like Arabic food. Okay. Oh, Arabic food. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay. We're talking about, you know, uh-huh. your typical, like, you know, the, the, uh, Mashawi and uh, the, 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 the thing, you know, the classic Lebanese, right? Okay. Fadali. Okay. I lost you. Hold on. You're back. Okay, cool. So, uh, oh, and we lost you again. Might be an internet connection thing, man. Okay, you're back. Am I back? Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I'm assuming yeah. sandwiches or no, just the, just the Sihen, Sihen, okay, Sihen, yeah, okay, 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 no, no, we're talking about for the whole table. Yes, yeah, you know, we're talking about making the Lebanese order for the table. Should be Oh, my old. I was thinking about myself because I'm so hungry. <laughs> Interesting. So, it, uh, okay, so you're a Tawuk person more so than uh, like, um, you know, what do you call it? Like uh, Kafta or or like. Um, is like, oh no, 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 yeah, 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 tongue, um, spine, yeah, no, 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 not that I, I I'm not a fan of organs, but um, <laughs> but tawu is like the grilled chicken that you don't mind eating, you know, you don't feel like you're eating plain grilled you're kidding chicken, me, man. It's like honestly, there it was what at the time I was dating a vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit. I'm sorry about the, that. Uh, I was dating a vegetarian and I was prepping shishtawu at home. Okay. Okay. And I'm hey, I'm putting it, and she's all like, Ugh, "Oh my god!" And she's yeah. vegan, vegan, not like oh, okay, okay? okay, okay, like morally against it. And uh, you know, I'm putting it on the barbecue, and I'm fanning it, and I'm doing all the thing, you know, and it's. The smell is of death and of of tawu is is like <laughs> rampant throughout the house. Oh yeah. And uh, she was like, I mean, I guess I could try it. Oh, did you ruin her? I converted her with fucking shishtawuk, dude. No. I converted her ass. Alan, that's amazing. I mean, you know, your boy can cook. I, I know that you haven't had yet the uh, the pleasure of uh, of enjoying some of my cuisine. Uh, I know you owe me that, though. I do. We do. We do have a you know a scheduled uh, appointment for that in in the Zalater future. And um, but oh, where are the questions, you guys who are tuned in? What the fuck, man? If you have a question, it can be anything. I think everybody tuned in already knows me. <laughs> doesn't matter. I don't know you. So here we go. And the other people who don't know you know, don't know you as well. It's a podcast. Submit a question. Ask anything. Don't worry about it. Okay. Let's do it. What's your favorite cigarette? Who asked that? John. My favorite cigarette. Well, I'm smoking uh, Malboro Ahmar for the time being. Okay. Because I'm kind of like lost on what to smoke now. I'm either like, um, you know, c- between the, the rolled cigarettes, the tobacco, or thinking about getting an ICOS and thinking about quitting smoking. But okay. that's, uh, you know, that's a whole mental process. That Have you uh, tried elegance? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of these cigarettes it's it's like oh, yeah. they're very bad <laughs> they're so bad elegance yeah 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 elegant cigarettes um you know i there the, i found that uh lebanese cedars are very close to um in canada they have uh the native Indians uh, here, they roll, or not roll, but they pack their own cigarettes. You can only get them uh, like in the uh, 
native territories and or from construction workers. I don't know why. It's oh. just like, it's just the way that things are set up. You mean the original cedars or the new ones? The originals and the new ones, mostly the, sure. the original, the old school ones that like you had to light twice in one cigarette because they would go out, you know. It um, takes like 15 minutes to smoke one. Exactly. These are that's same thing with the the Canadian natives. Uh, yeah, identical type. Uh, we did the tawu thing. Uh, we got the idea of your perfect order. It's fine because you know there it is an art, right? It is an art to be able to order the perfect amount of food where everyone gets. It's not that we ordered too little, but also you didn't order too much, right? You always order too much when you go Lebanese. Right. Well, I mean, the, see, that, that should stop, right? Because that's like a food waste thing, you know, and and that's why I say it's an art. You have to really kind of gauge oh, yeah. the room and you say, okay, did you, okay, there are six, seven, eight people, everybody, and you start doing like, you know, beautiful mind calculation in your <laughs> mind and you're like, uh, how many sahan hummus? How many mutabbal? Do you like mutabbal? Okay. How many fatushes do we need? And you, right. And you do this calculation and you get it. And it's an art. So, you know, the OGs, it's tip, typically it's like the ammos of Lebanon that have it down to a science. You're like, wow, ammo, you did such a good job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's the years. <laughs> it's the years. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. So, we're going to do uh, top to bottom here, Top your top three types of mixed nuts. Your favorite mixed nuts. Did someone ask that? Mm-hmm. Someone asked. My top three favorite mixed nuts? Yeah, like, for example, do you like smoked almonds? Do you like cashew with the wasabi? Well, my favorite would have to be peanuts okay just straight salted peanuts salted peanuts salted peanuts okay yeah. whoa 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 right roasted now so roasted right roasted not roasted okay not the and my uh, second not the one with the shell with the thing huh no 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 just plain roasted salted peanuts okay my favorite snack actually and then it would have to be um caramelized almonds yeah, yes fancy fancy okay fancy. or chocolate almonds <sighs> chocolate yeah. covered almonds it's the ones you you get you find that the duty-free like these weird like flavored almonds and and the third would have to be pistachios hey wow you're a classic yeah. classic classy um, peanut yeah. And and pistachio, booyakasha, man. That's that's OG stuff over here. You know who yeah. I, I I think that you can tell if someone is a psychopath if they like the nuts that you get at a wedding. You know, when they give you this candy coated almond that's like uh Jordan almonds, yeah. They're called Jordan almonds. The uh the the colorful ones? Yeah. I like them. But like you don't eat them as a snack. Like you, you will tolerate them, but you're not like ah, is it three hundred gram of the wedding nuts, man? <laughs> I do crave them. I crave them sometimes. Okay. You're straight, you're straight psychopath. psychopath, straight okay. psychopath. But it's all good. I mean, hey, you, you know, it. you're a power lifter, and you like like wedding nuts. It's, that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. So, favorite place to grab a steak in Lebanon. Ooh, good question. Um, that would be right now East Village. Okay. Classic. They have really good. Oh yeah, they have really good steaks and burgers as well. One of my favorite. Okay. And they are one of the restaurants that did not, uh, you know, ridiculously increase their prices, and they kept their quality the same as before. Top notch. All right, so we, we got first, we got East Village. You got three three choices. What's coming in at second and what's coming in at third? For steak? Yeah. Uh, well, second. I haven't had steak in a long time. Uh, second would have to be... Oh, my God. 
um, a Wagyu steak anywhere. Just what you know, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking All about. All right. Wagyu, yeah. Wagyu steak anywhere. And third would have to be um, Swiss butter. Okay. I'm more of a Coquelet person. I've been to Swiss butter. Oh, I haven't. I haven't had the Coquelet. <gasps> you haven't? Yeah, I don't I even know. know if they're around anymore. I don't know if they survived. I, I think the Brahmana branch is still open, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Are you a fan of ribs? I've never had ribs. Ooh. Man, yeah. I mean, I, low key, it's kind of hard to find ribs, uh, like beef ribs. I know that there's tons of pork ribs uh, all over, but there's a place in San Diego, man, that uh, really changed my mind on, on that regard. Okay, next question. Top three yeah. places for ice cream. Wow. I mean, that was my mission last summer. I know. I was part of it. I, I personally have... Uh, I, I have my own rankings. I'll share them after yours. Yeah, please do. Okay, yeah. so um, East Village again. Okay. Right? The right, right. one. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, and then um, it would have to be, where, where did I have that good pistachio ice cream? Not the no, not not that one. That I'm not even saying that. anything. I'm not even saying anything. <laughs> I knew what you thought. Um. Oh, uh, Orso Bianco. Okay. Right, and uh, third would have to be a good Mary Cream. Good, Mary. Can't go wrong with that. Jam is in the house. Yo, put me on toast, bro. I know you sent the invite. I know you've been asking to come up on the live. He's, but he's a fellow that I met through uh, another dude in Manchester, aka Diligent Fingers, an amazing drum and bass, uh, you know, producer and and uh, an MC that I had on the show previously. Um, bro, you know, we're, we're going to do it up, but I mean, you gotta, you know, you gotta like not be in the middle of having some biscuits or breakfast or some shit. You gotta actually be like, you know, in podcast mode, you know, just saying, just saying, but moving on talking about my favorite places. I don't know. I mean, I know yeah. Orso. I, I had some of their, their stuff ordered to the house, you know, like mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. the little, uh, right. they had the prepackaged, whatever stuff. I mean, it's all it's all good, but like, I still think that it may be overpriced, but I still think that uh, Oslo is top dog. I love their salted caramel. Never. Oh, I've never. Oh, shit. You've never had it? You're fucking no. up, man. I, I wanted to take you that. for sure. I think that when we went, they got a weird hour, like hours of operation. And it's yeah. like, by the time you're yeah. off work and you're like, oh yeah, let's go get ice cream. They're like, nah, sorry. Uh, but you can, yeah. For unemployed people only. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Those motherfuckers, dude, who are literally like in, 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 uh, Jamezi slash Manam Kyle all day. It's like, bro. <laughs> Fuck you live, man. Yeah, I like um, Oslo. I like that gelato show place because it's just like mad options and they have Mary Cream. They uh -huh. just have a huge uh, wide variety. Um, uh -huh. And then, you know, as a as a last final place, uh, Taj Maluk. Where's that? It's like uh, near. <laughs> uh, it's like right next to uh, Bliss House. Not Bliss House. Excuse me. Machfar um, Habesh slash like uh, snack Faisal. Okay. On Bliss Street at the end of Bliss. Interesting. Yeah, at the end of Bliss, there's a place called Taj Maluk, and uh, you know they they had. Uh, some pretty good gelato. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so that's two places on my list now. Honestly, I don't know how you're not a food blogger yet. You know, with everything, <laughs> with all the stuff, the the out, the dining out that you do and, you know, your love for food and just like, you know, you immediately someone who I would believe and just be like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about, you know? <laughs> Plus, nah. Okay. How about, I mean, I don't know how about like, you know, if you, if you grabbing drinks is whatnot, but like, what would you say your, your, your top,
top three go-to cocktails are? Well, I'm not a cocktail person at all, but I, I mean, will give you the one. Alcoholic beverage, you know? Okay. So my, my number one is, is a gin and lemon. That's my favorite drink of all time. Just a regular, like, tanqueray or whatever with, with lemon juice. Number two would have to be a gin and basil. Okay. Much love for gin. And much love for gin. And number three would have to be a London mule. <laughs> Gin all the way. London Mule. So, Tangeray, like of the of the gin options, though, like you know, you yeah. got Bombay Sapphire, you got Tangeray, and what Gibbons? Oh uh, yeah, Hendrix yeah, or Hendrix, yeah. But but Bombay is my is my favorite. Yeah, you know, I, when I first met you, by the way, and we'll get into that a little bit. I could have swore that you were like Indian. For sure. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. oh, there's some Where really fine. Well, I met you. You didn't really meet me. You were at work. Okay. You were at work. You were the, at the time, you Uber were the, the door person at Uber House slash, uh, well, I mean, the, the, not Garten. No, 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 no. We're talking about the White House wiener house days the wh hotel oh, days right, right, right. and you were out there and i was like god i didn't even want to go to the club i was just like who <laughs> is this person i was like hey so how's work right <laughs> and you're like can you leave me uh alone right now please i'm working and i was like okay i'm yeah. gonna go in, i'm gonna go inside now okay <laughs> see you later <laughs> but um no, we go way back huh yeah, we, we go, go way back. We go way back. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, you were someone though I saw at the entrance, you know, at the at that time, Trace uh and uh Tim Winters were both my roommates. So, mm -hmm. you know, like oh, yeah. and yeah. also never really was not that club guy, you know. And I'm only yeah. learning now, especially uh, as well, like for example, Tara, uh Tara Jane was not much of a club person herself. She was like all yeah. about club culture, but like I, I would say to her, like I don't think I've ever seen you dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, do you do you share that sentiment? Or are you just there like you like it, you're around it, it's it's work. Yeah. But you know uh exactly. So I'm not a club person at all. I mean, um and, and I discovered that after, you know, spending ten years uh in clubs and bars. So um uh, and at the time of Uber House, you know, these really cool concepts were emerging and, and it was it was huge everywhere. Um, you have cool concepts now, but I don't know if we've outgrown them or they're just not as cool anymore. That's fair enough. I can I can vibe with that. I definitely it was something new, something that grew. And then when it became what it became, it's just like, all right, my work here is done. Yeah. let it let it go on to you know the next stage uh, Lena, phase. i have i have some unfortunate news my phone is about to turn off i have i have about 15 percent, so i can do like five more minutes no that's okay Aslan, and i have no charger well it's all good and thank you for coming on the show uh we can wrap this up it. because sure. you know we believe it or not we've been doing this for an hour already I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Time flew. <laughs> Time flies. But, um, you know, much, much, much love, dude. Uh, you're, you're missed. I hope to see you when I get back. Um, you know, I leave you the floor to basically promote what you'd like to promote, tell people to do whatever. I'm hoping that maybe we can do some kind of like, uh, I'm going to start, you know what, you know what, I'm going to start doing online competitions with your, with your, uh, with your swag, you know what I mean? And, and give people an opportunity to, uh, to make some, you know, upgrades in, in their thread life. All right. Okay. But okay. Sure. let us know what, what's good with you. Well, um, just wanted to thank you, first of all. This was so much fun, and I had never, like, it was, <laughs> it was so unexpected and so fun. And please let me know once you book your ticket back. We yeah. have a lot of ice cream to catch up on. 100%. Other than that, um, my profile is, uh, is linked in the post, and just check out my vintage page. 
That's what's up, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it first from Lara, aka Lesmeralda, aka Lesmeralda Vintage. You know, uh, put in your orders, clean, clean her out, maybe force her ass to get on that shit and start distributing locally oh, yeah. or, or oh, yeah. internationally. You know what I mean? Get that uh, that Japanese. You know what I mean? Start wearing, selling off your uh, sports bras or whatever for like fifteen thousand dollars. Be like, listen. Hey, your girl's a supermodel, and I charge top dollar for things that I want to throw out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right, yo, yalla, have a great night. Ooh, we'll see you, you soon. All right. Brah, brah, brah. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, mwah. bizu, bizu. Man, that was too much fun, man. That just went by way too fast. And I'm glad that it didn't cut out. I'm glad that, you know, the podcast didn't glitch out. If you had a nice time, man, if you enjoy what you've seen, you know, shout us out, man. Shout us out. Share us on your stories. Maybe like, comment, and uh, and uh, maybe hit, hit us up in the DMs and be like, yo, listen, you really need to speak to this person next. Okay. Uh, we got a couple people tuned in right now. We got, hey, we got Natasha in the house. We got Mario Burad in the, his house. We got L Simply. What's good? You know, Princess, unable to join. Uh, you know, what else is new? But um, yeah, man, have yourselves a great uh, rest of the week. I know everybody in the Gulf slash Jordan, it's like the Friday just started. So have a great weekend, you know? And, uh, we're almost at episode 100, okay? And I got a big special guest coming up for episode 100. I'm super, super pumped. Low-key, you know, possibly one of the biggest celebrities and artists that I've ever had on the show. And, um, you know, big things, man. Big things. Have a great night, guys. I'm sorry. 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 I'